Are we ready? I think we're ready. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> hey, everyone. Welcome to episode four of Principles for Principles, a podcast for school leaders to share, learn, and connect about current ideas and best practices in school leadership. Our show is for school and district administrators, whether you're an experienced or novice leader. So this podcast is for you, and we're excited about today's conversation as we continue sharing and exploring ideas, tips, and resources in developing or fine-tuning your leadership skills. We're your hosts, Aaron Dare and Jeff Warshaw from the San Diego County Office of Education, and today we're going to talk about empathetic research and school leadership with our colleagues from the District and School Improvement Department, Executive Leadership Coaches Bernadette Nguyen and Ann Worrell. They are here to discuss the importance of how empathetic research can be a powerful tool for school leaders to help them generate appropriate solutions to support student needs. Hi, Bernie. Hi, Anne. Good morning. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Erin. Good morning. Thank you for joining us and being guests on Principles for Principles. You are our first multi-guest episode. First time we've had more than one uh, guest joining us. So we're excited. This is a milestone episode for us. All right. So, um, as you know, we asked you to join us today to talk about empathetic research and school leadership. So, um, to get the conversation started, let's just kind of begin with some basics um, for those who may be new to the idea. What is empathetic research and why is it so powerful as we think about its use in the context of school leadership? Well, thanks for that question, Jeff. So, empathetic research is just this very cool and um, really kind of an innovative way for folks, whether it be an individual team, a school or a district, uh, to really look at their system and really understanding what's going on in within their system or within an organization that they live or work in. Um, it allows, um, the empathetic research is a process by which uh, we look at our system and really take a look at and understand the diverse lived experience of people who are most impacted by the decisions and actions that take place within a system. And um, when we're doing empathetic research, the new insight that we get from taking a look and a peek at people's lived experience is um, new insights and understanding in terms of how the system is um, impacting the lives of the people within that system. And with that understanding, we can then place those individuals at the center of the decisions and the changes we make within our system. And what, what I think Anne and I would love to impress upon um, you is this idea that we have a lot of cult data right now in education, but the live experience is a different kind of data. Um, it more accurately and directly captures the lives and the experiences of their students, families, and staff. Um, and sometimes um, it also allows us to capture the experience of folks who are marginalized or excluded from the traditional data that we typically look at at schools. Um, and then Jeff, your question around like why empathetic research, why is it so important? I think that when we as educators and as leaders design um, programs, services, intervention supports, um, we often lean into the vision and mission of our organization to do that work. And uh, we use that to drive the way we design programs, products, and services. But I think that empathetic research allows us to collect data 
that helps us to make sure that as we are designing, we are attending to the needs of the people who live within our organization and that we're not just designing products and services for those products and services sakes, but that we are keeping in mind the people that those services and products are intended to serve. And empathetic research gathers data that helps us to see how our, our systems, policies, services, practices, structures are actually impacting the people who are on the receiving end of that. That's, that makes good sense. And it's super powerful, Bernie. I, I really appreciate the, the framing of empathetic research in the context of data about school systems. That, that idea that um, we can get caught up in the quantitative data and, and overlook the value of the qualitative data and the, the user experience as a subset of that qualitative data is such a, an important thing for us to be mindful of because at the end of the day, we're here to serve the users in our system, which most directly is our students. Um, and then um, you know, certainly also includes understanding adult experiences as we navigate the day-to-day -day experiences too. So that connection between empathetic research or that, that contextualizing of empathetic research as a, a data space, I think it is super powerful and important. Thank you. Yeah. And Jeff, if I can also add, I just realized this is probably really important in the empathetic research process as well is this belief that those most impacted by the system has to be at the table, designing the change, designing the policies and structure within that system. And so in the empathetic research processes that Ann and I have designed, we keep that at the forefront. And as we work with team, we reiterate that the importance of having those most impacted at the design table. Excellent, thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, something, I know that you both work very, very closely with schools and districts with empathetic research. And so um, would you mind sharing some examples of how empathetic research is used in schools and districts and maybe some of their outcomes? I can answer that, Erin. Um, a, a lot of different groups of educators can benefit from engaging in empathetic research. Um, it could be a team from like school site, it could be um, like a team from a group of schools, or maybe it's a team representing a school district. Um, or maybe there's even like a department within a school setting or a district setting um, that's in the, in the system somewhere that wants to examine their own issues. So really it's any team or individual that wants to explore their systems or their structures or their processes like like Bernie was referring to earlier, um, to gather data from the people that are impacted by them before designing the action steps to, to look for, for improvement. Um, a couple of examples that are recent, recent um, for us are last spring, um, a team of teachers and administrators at Grossmont Union High School interviewed a number of students with disabilities um, in order to understand their lived experiences um, of the students um, in class and among their peers and teachers um, and that information gathered helped the team design more effective supports and interventions going forward for those, those students so that they have a more, um, a more positive and, 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 and beautiful experience at school, really. Um, another example is before the pandemic began, um, the county office, um, a team from the county office was facilitating empathy research with a group of elementary schools, or I think there were 18 elementary schools across San Diego County um, who were interested in figuring out 
like why so many of their students were not showing up for school, like on a regular basis and frequently. Um, and what we did was we helped them design and conduct empathy interviews to discern the causes that were laying, that lay behind the students who were less engaged and or like classified as chronically absent. We have a lot of students who are, are considered chronically absent. Um, and these schools were really concerned with like, why are our kids not coming to school and what can we do about it? Um, and through that empathetic research, um, all of those schools use that information to change their systems, different processes, different ways of, of connecting with kids, building a sense of belongingness and, and relationships between families and, and the, the staff at the schools. Um, and after that project concluded, we, we found that chronic absenteeism was reduced across that network of 18 schools by like almost 4%, which represented like several hundred students now not being chronically absent, which was really, really beautiful. Um, also recently, um, people at the county office have been conducting world cafes and listening circles um, to learn from San Diego students and families who are Native American and like how to honor and improve that specific community's relationships to school. Um, we also have our mega department, um, which is our multilingual education and global achievement department. And they lead something called the Student Shadow Project. It's three days long. It begins with an overview of the shadowing process, it includes a deep dive into the research on effective practices for EL students, English learner students. Um, it also gives the rationale for shadowing and then how to report and record the observations. And then on day two, the student shadowing begins with a couple of hours of observation, tracking the students' academic speaking and listening. Um, and then, then there's a study and an analysis of like, what are the collected observations? What other available data do we have? And then that's used to conduct a general conversation on next steps. And then the third day is around like, how do you, with those people that are involved, the people closest to the table, as Bernie was mentioning, um, begin planning and refining professional learning and structures at the schools to address um, the newly uncovered issues. And then finally, this month, um, Bernie and I and a, another colleague are conducting empathy interviews at a high school um, here in San Diego that has a very established staff and traditions and a new principal um, so that they can sort of unearth the lived experiences of the staff um, and that those are really understood as the school works to nurture a greater sense of belongingness and equity of voice um, for both their students and their staff. So um, these are just a few examples, but if someone wants to reach out to us, um, we would help you tailor your empathetic research work to your specific issue that, that you want to examine. So it's, it's very, very personalized. Thank you, Anne. Just, uh, just kind of a follow-up. Um, I know you talked a lot about school teams. Um, how are parents involved in that? Do you ever involve parents or community members in some of this research or the sharing out of some of this research? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, a lot of the times um, parents have an experience of the school system or processes or policies, structures, all of that um, that's unknown to the people that are actually working in the system. Um, and so surfacing the parent experience and what their perspectives are, their values, their hopes for their children, um, is a really important step in really getting a, a, a robust picture of what's happening and what people are experiencing. Thank you. You know, and that, that the, the conversation about that user perspective is, is just making me also think about the, the relationship-based 
aspect or context of empathetic research and the value of, of the, that seeking to understand is something that I think we most of us bring naturally to our engagement and our, our interaction with each other in schools. And so taking a more kind of intentional and somewhat structured approach to that, um, you know, feels like a, a, a natural sort of honoring of the relationships that we have with each other, with our students, with our families and community partners as well. So I appreciate the way you've, that, that you've described that. Um, you've spoken a little bit to, um, to the opportunity to try to support. And, and so I'm just wondering if, if someone is interested in moving forward with and either beginning or expanding empathetic research in their school or district, what are some first or next steps that they might be able to take to get that in motion? Um, you can certainly, they can certainly, um, Jeff, reach out to either Anna and I, and um, in the pod description, we'll leave some contact information. And then in the future, um, folks can also look at the SDCOE website under school and district um, support and get some information more around empathetic research as well. Perfect. That's super helpful. And I know people will appreciate that. Well, thank you both for joining our show today. We really appreciate you um, sharing your insight on empathetic research. Hey, before we let you go, Anne and Bernie, um, are you up for a, a quick little fun round of rapid fire questions? Sure. Sure. We try to make it uh, quick and painless. So um, it's a way for us to help connect with our guests a little bit more. So here's the, the first question. Would you rather be as a superhero have the ability to be invisible or to fly? Invisible for sure. To fly. Okay. All right. Um, what is your current favorite dessert or snack? Almond cover dark chocolate. Or is it dark chocolate cover almond? <laughs> Whichever. <laughs> Um, I'm not a sweets person, so I'll pick the snack, although this is kind of a sweet snack in my brain. Um, right now, I'm like really enjoying really fresh celery and good peanut butter. All right. And now this episode is making us hungry. I know. <laughs> All right. And the last question, what is the first movie you ever saw in a movie theater? Star Wars. <laughs> Me too. So... You know what? So Star Wars was also, it wasn't, I don't think it was the first movie I saw in a theater, but it was the first movie I saw at a drive-in. I saw Star Wars at the drive-in with my grandmother uh, when it came out. So we have a Star Wars theme here today. Yeah, I don't know mine. Let's have to go back into my memory there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate you being here and, uh, and look forward to, uh, to the, the next steps in supporting empathetic research at, for our schools uh, across the county and the region. Happy thanks. New Year. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Bernie. Happy New Year. Thank you both. And thanks for joining this episode of Principles for Principles. If you want more leadership resources, you can subscribe to our Today's Informed Principle Sheet using the link in the podcast notes. If you'd like more information from Bernie or Anne, they also will have their contact in our notes. If you have any feedback or want to give us a shout out on today's episode, tweet us at SD underscore principles. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more school leadership tips. Thanks for listening.